Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Golden State Warriors beat the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland at the end of this five-game road trip, 121-14. And how about that? The Warriors finished this road trip three and two. They beat San Antonio and then lost to Chicago, beat the Wizards in Washington lost to the Celtics last night and then surprisingly beat the Cavs. Uh, in this one, all the vets and most of the starters rested. Uh, Steph didn't play. Clay didn't play. Draymond didn't play. Wiggins didn't play. Poole did and Looney did. Looney's consecutive game streak continues and he played a lot in this one. I wasn't sure if he was just going to get like a token five-minute run like he had in past back-to-backs. But this is great, you know. (laughs) This is really promising, especially coming off of the effort the Warriors had in the Celtics game, right? It's almost like two different teams because this team against the Cavs had Jonathan Kaminga and Jermichael Greenback. And what we're looking for, like what we've been talking about for the past few weeks now, is like just finding some consistency. We've seen flashes. We've seen like what the vets can do when they are focused and engaged. We've seen what some of the newer guys and younger guys can do when they're healthy and on the court and they're focused. And you take the team from the Celtics game, you take the team from uh, this Cavs game, and then you bring them back to Chase Center and meld them together and maybe – Maybe the Warriors are onto something, onto that something that we've thought that they've had this whole time, but just haven't been able to access for some reason or another. You know, the frustrating thing about this season is because the Warriors have been so middling and because we know that they can be great, but then sometimes they bottom out. And so it's like, you at this point you can't get too high for you know really good wins and you also don't want to get too low but then it just becomes this like well you know this this middling malaise of you're not sure how to particularly feel about any single game but coming off of this Celtics game and into this Cavs game I mean, it's funny, right? Like the Warriors are heading into the quote unquote dog days of the season, which are traditionally, especially for for this team, kind of like the slow, boring days of the season. It's after New Year's, it's before the All-Star game. But for this team, this season, it's super critical. And there's a lot of focus on these next couple of weeks before the trade deadline, next few weeks, and then before the all-star break, because uh, as I've said, what I'm looking for for this team is to really, you know, find themselves, find their identity, find their rotation and find their health and gradually lead up to the all-star break. And then after that, it's a mad dash to the post season. I mean, it's a pretty long dash, but it's a dash nonetheless in terms of just finding a rhythm and then peaking at the right time. So uh, this game, like coming off of the loss, the tough loss against the Celtics, by the way, that Celtics game, 
there were a lot of missed calls and in the final two minute report, uh, there were a lot of things that people brought up to me in the YouTube comments, uh, whether it was uh, Al Horford not getting that last shot off in time, you know, that would have given the Warriors more time on the clock to get a better shot off than like a desperation shot. There was the foul uh, on Malcolm Brogdon, which wasn't called. It was Poole going for a layup. On the replay, he got all arm. Brogdon didn't. He got all of Poole's arm. Didn't get any ball, but that was called a clean block. Uh, there were a few other things I can't remember, but just want to bring those up because, you know, the Warriors did enough things to lose that game at the end. You know, they had it, but they let the rope slip. But in something tight like that, it's a shame that there were like five things that went against the Warriors in the final couple of minutes. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is, but another thing to just note. But uh, in this game, uh, I just have to say that, you know, with all the Warriors starters and vets or a bunch of them sitting out and then the Cavs didn't have Donovan Mitchell, of course, you know, when they all got on the court for the tip, you're like, oh, you know, there's not this huge talent differential between uh, the Cavs tonight and then the Warriors, right? Like. Darius Garland, he's been an all-star, et cetera. But then, you know, same draft year, Jordan Poole. Relatively similar, sure. You could say Garland is a little bit better and more consistent. And then you have Evan Mobley and Jonathan Kaminga. Yes, Mobley is seen as more of a uh, sure thing. But obviously, Kaminga has come on really, really strong in the past couple of months before his injury. And then Jared Allen, but then you have Kevon Looney. Allen is an all-star, but Looney is <laughs> really dang good. So, like, there wasn't a massive, massive drop-off. And I will probably guess that the Cavs took their foot off the pedal a little bit on this one and probably overlooked this Warriors team. And this Warriors team came out strong. They had great energy. Pool was hot. Jordan Poole from the very beginning. And I'll be honest, I thought Jonathan Kamenga was going to be way rustier than he was. He, you know, wasn't perfect. He had some mistakes here and there, but he looked like he was just picking up where he left off. Poole, I mean, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of like hot and cold with Jordan Poole, especially amongst like Warriors fandom and stuff, because he recently has had a lot of uh, flubs, a lot of bad turnovers, a lot of poor decisions, but then he hits big shots. And in this one, uh, just throughout the game, he was, uh, he was kind of epitomizing all those things. He was hitting big shots, uh, tough shots, but then <laughs> he would do silly things like in the fourth quarter, I believe it was, Jordan Poole, they had a 14-point lead, and he, I guess, thought the ball was going to be backcourt, a backcourt violation on him, but he didn't go get the ball. <laughs> and then the Cavs grabbed it and went in for a dunk. It's like, you, you got to get that, <laughs> you know, take the violation instead of giving up a uncontested dunk. And then there was the Jordan Poole turnover and then getting that just mind-numbing technical. Uh on the broadcast, you can see Steve Kerr really, really like laying into pool. He can read his lips. He's like, Jordan, come on, like basically get your head in the game. And those are the things, right? He needs to figure out because as he can be very dazzling in his play, he can also be very 
frustrating. I wrote down in the fourth quarter, can Jordan Poole close? And he almost didn't, but he did enough and the rest of the team did enough. It's a great win. You know, I would like to see Jordan Poole uh, fight for boards a little bit more sometimes. There were a couple where when the Cavs were making their move, it seemed like he was just interested in scoring. And then on the other end, he wouldn't box anyone out or do anything like that. But, you know, this is a part of it with Jordan Poole. And hopefully he just continues to learn. There was that foul at the end of the game where uh, he got called for an offensive foul when Karis LeVert was clearly trying to foul him. They reviewed it and they stuck with it. Bad call. But, uh, you know, that's not on Poole at all. Poole, 41 minutes. After playing 43 minutes in the Celtics game, man, oh, to be young again, uh, 10 for 23, 5 for 12 from three, 7 for 8 from the line, three boards, two assists, 32 points, still had five turnovers, though, so still needs to clean up those things. But, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, Jonathan Kamenga, 27 minutes, 4 for 9, 2 for 2 from three, which is big. Missed both of his free throws, three boards, five assists, one steal, 10 points, plus eight. Like I said, he was not as rusty as I expected. Uh, maybe just rusty at the free throw line, but I have talked about how big Kaminga is for this team. Like for a couple months now, like I said, he just clicked. Everything clicked for him a couple months ago in Dallas. And this team sorely, sorely missed his energy, his athleticism, his youth, his pressure on the rim his defense, point of attack defense, just activity. And it was it was awesome to see him in this just kind of, you know, not lose any real rhythm. And what I like about him is like, right, he was drafted pretty much as a small forward and plays a lot of power forward in the Warriors schemes on both ends of the court. And Steve Kerr also said that he's more of a power forward right now. And, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it because they need somebody who, I mean, he challenged Evan Mobley and Jared Allen got blocked a couple of times by Jared Allen, but a couple of times he got to the basket and I know that he got one over Evan Mobley, but you know, the thing I like about him is that he can get to the post. He can get, to the basket and use basically kind of power forward moves to get his shot off, right? He's not just gliding to the basket like a small forward or something like that, but he can get there and it's that pump fake, man. It's that pump fake. He'll do like two, three, sometimes four pump fakes and eventually get his shot off. So again, because he's a quick riser, he is able to just, if he gets someone to bite on that fake, then he's good to go. And in this one, he was doing a little bit more initiating, a little bit more point forward stuff. He had a nice pass on a fast break uh, for a layup, I believe. And, you know, it's just good to have him back. And this is just really, really promising. It's it's huge. And he had a bad foul at the end of the half, uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Like, that's just kind of a, a brain freeze, right? He fouled, I believe it was Garland when they were inbounding the ball. But it's good to see him play against Mobley because those two guys were uh, lottery picks in 2021. And people are really high on Mobley, and rightfully so. That kid is smooth. But I think Kaminga, slowly but surely, will 
earn his way up the ladder in that class. I mean, he was drafted seven and probably right now I'd put him like fifth at this point. You know, honestly, I would put him in no particular order behind uh, Mobley, Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, Franz Wagner, and Kaminga. You know, that's a total homer take, but I've watched him grow from the very beginning. And I'm very high on his talent, high on his ceiling, and what he's been able to do in the last couple of months. And that's going to be really, really critical. I've talked about how I think that he is definitely earning closer minutes this season and maybe into the playoffs. Because if you think about it, and I said this uh, before he got hurt, that the Warriors, Steve Kerr, has a few options to close out games with, of course, you have Steph, you have Clay, you have Draymond, you have Wiggins, but then you can throw in Kamenka or you can throw in uh, Dante DiVincenzo, you can throw in Poole, you can throw in Kavon Looney in that fifth spot. So there's options. And what Kaminga brings, of course, as long as he's steady, he brings athleticism, he brings defense, and he brings a certain kind of pressure on the rim that the other guys cannot. So we'll see him. I'm sure Kerr will give him chances to close out games. And uh, I just you know love seeing him out there. Ty Jerome, you know, I've talked about uh, how much I like that dude. You know, just kind of getting to know his background in terms of being a player and watching him. You know, we talk about Dante DiVincenzo's pedigree, winning a title at Villanova. Uh, Ty Drum won a title at UVA. And, you know, 41 minutes, that's a ton. Uh, nine for 13 from the field, 22 points, three for four from three, eight assists, one steal. So uh, I like Ty Drum a lot. It's a shame for him that there's so many guards in front of him and everybody's leaning towards Anthony Lamb, who uh, also had a decent game, four for eight from three. Those are all the shots were from three, 12 points, uh, largely because Lamb can play bigger, right? And recently, of course, the Warriors have had issues guarding bigger teams. So uh, I think that as much as like Ty Jerome, uh, Anthony Lamb might get the nod for the 15th spot, although I like Jerome better as a player overall, personally. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Either way, both those guys have proven a lot. They have a lot of tape for their agents to show uh, other teams next season if they most likely won't stick here to get signed elsewhere and have a decently long NBA career or careers. Uh, Kavon Looney. 32 minutes, 17 boards, four points, plus 10, four assists, two steals. Love that guy. You know, he's willing to take a backseat, come off the bench in favor of starting Jordan Poole now because I didn't talk about this after the Celtics game because it hadn't been discussed yet by that time that Kerr is going to stick with Jordan Poole as a starter for now. He said to kind of give the team a spark and that's going to be interesting, right? Like some folks on YouTube have been talking to me about thinking that the Warriors should do this for a while. And I was always kind of pushing back against it because I thought like, Hey, you can't really reward <laughs> pool for uh, not being able to bring it off the bench consistently. And, you know, the defensive drop-off 
you lose with Looney going to the bench is huge. But with, you know, Andrew Wiggins being a little bit rusty, I get it. You need a little bit more of a kick in the pants off the bench. So we'll see. We'll see how long that goes. That puts a lot of pressure on Andrew Wiggins, who's basically sliding over to the power forward spot. And even though he's put on some weight, (laughs) that dude is just still technically real thin. I mean, he's strong for uh, how he looks, but, uh, you know, obviously he got bodied in the Celtics game by Al Horford a few times, especially early on. So that's something to keep your eye on. And hopefully that injury he had, right, like that doesn't get aggravated because he's going to be guarding bigger dudes in the post, pushing them. Uh, and using his legs and his core to fight them off on defense. But we'll see. We'll see how long this one lasts. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I got my eye on the Niners and how far Brock Birdie can actually take this team. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL divisional round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Overall, This is super promising. A lot of folks felt that the Celtics game, regardless of the loss and the bad calls at the end, that it was a good sign. They showed that they can still get up for these games, that they can still flip the switch. And I think that if these two teams that we saw, right, the Warriors vets that showed up, against the Celtics and this Warriors team that caught the Cavs off guard that for the most part, generally in this game, they were the aggressors. They were, especially in that third quarter, another good third quarter for the Warriors, they were running downhill. I mean, in the fourth quarter, you know, there were runs by the Cavs and the Warriors were kind of tripping over themselves a little bit. But for the most part, you know, these guys came after it. And uh, you love to see that. You love to see that overall, you know, solid performance from all the Warriors that got on the court, even Jamichael Green, right? That dude made an appearance, right? (laughs) And yeah, I said before he got hurt that he's the guy that I was not sure about in the rotation. And he might be the one that the Warriors move off of somehow, some way to either in a small trade or, you know, to make room on the roster uh, for a buyout guy. But, you know, he came out firing, right? 16 minutes, five for 10, 10 shots, three for five from three, uh, eight boards, three turnovers, 13 points. So he showed like, you know, he's like, I can, I can contribute. I can contribute. He had some kind of boneheaded plays. Uh, You know, he would make a shot and then uh, have a turnover and then uh, make a bad pass, all this stuff. But maybe that's rust. So, Obviously, I am pulling for all the dudes in a Warriors uniform, but he's still the one where I'm like, eh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I have no idea if James Wiseman's coming back anytime soon, hopefully on this upcoming homestand, because we all know uh, the 
star-crossed career of James Wiseman, every time he starts looking good, he gets hurt. I didn't expect this one to keep him out this long, especially like since it was just a, a rolled ankle, but who knows? Who knows? I will put it on the training staff and not on James Wiseman. I'm not going to call him soft or anything like that. I'll put it on the training staff and say it's an abundance of caution, but I would like to see him out there to see if he can <laughs> beat out Jamichael Green for that backup center spot and also just earn some minutes so that like Draymond and Looney can get some rest and that the Warriors have a different dimension to throw at other teams when the starters rest so that they're not just like jacking up threes throughout the whole season, right? Because they, they're shooting tons of threes. Patrick Baldwin Jr. got some minutes. He hit two threes, two for three from uh, three. And, you know, I got nothing but good things to say about that guy. Only played nine, seven points. Two for four overall, two for three from three, but uh, didn't get many minutes after the first half. He got some spot minutes in the second half, but you know uh, that dude is very promising, and I just look forward to seeing him more and more as the season goes. We probably would have seen more of him if this game wasn't so winnable. If the Warriors didn't build like a twenty point lead in the the third quarter, which was you know surprising to to everybody, you know. I kind of expected them to fight and to be in this one, but to just take advantage of a sleeping Cavs team without Donovan Mitchell, it's like, cool, awesome. I'll take it. You know, the Cavs were great at home. They've been great. They're 19 and five now after this loss and the Warriors, a beautiful six and 18 on the road. <laughs> now Moses Moody, only 14 minutes, three points, one for two, from three, those were his only shots. Five boards, two assists, uh, one turnover. It's a bummer he couldn't get more run in this one because I didn't think he was playing terribly, but you just saw that he wasn't the guy that Kerr wanted to go with. It's tough. It's tough, right? Like, I mean, like I said, Ty Jerome had 41 minutes, Moody had 14. And I like Ty Jerome, but it's tough that Moody can't crack more. Lamb had 25 minutes and Moody can't chip into that. So it's a shame that might just be, you know, as Steve Kerr said, he's going to have a long career. I think personally that Moody's going to be a good player, but it's just not, there's just not enough minutes for him this season. So setting the tone, right? right? Like Steve Kerr set expectations for the rest of the season for Moody. And it kind of shows, right? He doesn't look super confident. He doesn't look like when you see him on the bench, uh, he he looks focused, but he doesn't look at ease. He doesn't look <laughs> too relaxed. And also on the court, you know, he's just trying not to not to make mistakes. And um, even in something like this, you know, if you told me at the beginning of the season that in one of these vet rest games, uh, Moses Moody was only going to play a, a handful of minutes, of 14 minutes, I would have been like, why? You know, I would have assumed he was hurt <laughs> or something, right? Even Kaminga coming off injury, 27 minutes. So it is what it is. They got the W. I hope uh, Moody can contribute sooner rather than later. Uh, and it's not like one of those things like he's a bust or whatever. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And I've talked about it before that 
if there's any kind of small trade or anything like that, Moody is the guy that I would move off from in terms of the recent draft picks, right? Just because there's all these guards and you don't know if DiVincenzo or Ty Drome are going to be on this team next season, right? Uh, but there's all these guards right now and someone like Patrick Baldwin Jr., because of his 6'9", 6'10", height and his shooting ability, it's like you want to keep that, right? So like, I guess what I'm talking about is if you're looking at the future and all these young dudes, like who do you sign, who do you keep? It's like Moody. <laughs> He's the one to to kind of, you know, maybe, maybe odd man out. But, but hey, obviously I would love to keep him and you just want to make sure that he makes sense for however this team moves forward in the future. But, you know, a lot has to happen from here on out before we even get to the off season and, and whatever. So anyway, the Warriors are currently with games playing right now. They're currently back in seventh place. They are three games, three and a half games behind the Kings who are in third. And just to look in the other direction, they are one game in front of the Suns who are currently 11th. So it's as tightly as it, as it's packed and as optimistically you could say, Hey, the Warriors are just, you know, right there. They're also right there in terms of like falling out of it. So I believe though, now that they're getting healthy and now that the vets for the most part are kind of rolling a little bit, showed some flashes that the guys who are just coming back who played in this one, uh, you know, bring it together, right? Bring it together. Now you have, your top eight guys back, right? I've talked about that, the rotations, right? You have the starters and then, well, the top six, including Poole and Looney, whoever is starting. And then you have DiVincenzo and you have Kaminga. I've talked about how they've had those top eight spots locked down for the past, I don't know, month and a half, two months since Kaminga showed that he was a, um, a key piece since everything clicked for him. And then it's finding that, Ninth spot, ninth and tenth, right? Michael Green, Wiseman, Lamb, uh, Ty Jerome. I mean, situational, depending on who they're playing and who they need. Do they need a big? Do they need a guard? Do they need a wing? Whatever, you know? So that might be by committee uh, for now until they sort things out. And then Andre Godala. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like I swore I saw him in uniform and play, but we'll see. I don't know. Like this is kind of what we expected, right? That he would be out for a while, come back, show that he can still play and then get like a nagging injury and then sit out for a while until that's fully healed and then come back, show some signs he can still play and then get like another nagging injury. So love Andre, but you can't really bank on that just yet, no matter, no matter what. So this win, it's, it's great because now the Warriors, they head Back to Chase Center for a three-game set. Uh, Sunday, they get the Nets without Kevin Durant. They get Memphis on Wednesday after a couple days off. And then they get the Raptors on Friday. So some solid opportunities to win games, but also some solid opportunities to lose, right? So like, uh, at least they got some momentum, and it's up to them, right? I've talked about this ad nauseum. It's like they've shown they can turn it up at times and then circumstances have slowed them down. But, you know, 
they have to show regardless that they can bring it. And if they can get on another like four game winning streak, I mean, that Memphis game is going to be tough as hell, right? But at least they're at home. If they can get on a decent winning streak before they go to Oklahoma and then Minnesota and then big one at Denver and then they come back home and get Dallas and OKC again, then they can start stringing some of these together. And that's all I want. You're looking for like the trends, right? Now that the team is coming back together in terms of health, look for those trends and see how Kaminga, Jamichael Green, maybe James Wiseman can start helping the vets get rest, keep leads. I feel good about it. And this game was a good confidence builder <laughs> for me as a, as a fan, somebody who talks about the Warriors and uh, hopefully for, for the squad as well. So Solid win, solid win, and uh, just got to keep it going. That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the basketball podcast network and if you're so inclined please do leave us a five-star rating on spotify and apple podcasts and if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on apple podcasts that would be hugely hugely appreciated and it would be very very helpful thanks that's it music in this episode provided by paper sun special thanks to paul amardo for production support see you next time and go doug